Welcome to Day Zero Update for August 14th, 2022. I'm your host, Chris Ologi. I'm Brandon Perkins. And I'm Deandra Victoria. And yeah, uh, we got a, a fairly big week of stuff here. Uh, yeah. And if you notice anything weird with my voice, it's because I got a little cold this weekend. Uh, so I'm just yeah. dealing with it. But uh, any sort of crackling or anything, it's just me getting ready to cough. So I'll try to keep that mm-hmm. stuff out of the recording as much as we can. But uh, mm-hmm. we still got a bunch of stuff here to talk about. Uh, we got new stuff mm-hmm. for PlayStation Plus here for the upcoming week uh, for the rest of this month. Uh, we got a date finally for the next Kirby game. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. We got more information on Splatoon 3. So they decided Finally. that, you know, a month before launch, they should tell us what's in it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Somebody found some neat secret codes for Super Punch-Out to do some cool stuff mm-hmm. that nobody had found in the last 28 years. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We got some Evo announcements and a bunch of games were delayed. Five of yep. them by my count here. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get to those here, and that's kind of largely not a huge list, but we got some stuff here to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we do that, we'll talk about what we've been playing. And mm-hmm. yeah, the the big thing I've been playing is uh, one of the new releases this week, Cult of the Lamb, mm-hmm. uh, the new game uh, published by Devolver Digital. Yep, that is half roguelike uh, and half sort of. Uh, Base management kind of sim. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen people trying to liken it to Animal Crossing, and it's more demanding than an Animal Crossing mm-hmm. uh, because you have to, you know, manage your uh, your hunger meters for your your followers that you indoctrinate mm-hmm. into your cult. Uh, you have to, you know, clean up their poop or their mm-hmm. vomit, whatever they do. Uh, there's a number of the the, the sort of like stews you can make for them that it's like, Oh, this, you know, 10% chance of them pooping instantly kind of thing. Or, you know, uh, thrown up is another one they can do that kind of stuff as well as just like making them sick and all this kind of stuff. Uh, but you know, there's some fairly simple recipes you can get early on that are just, you know, going to do them fine enough. So, uh, that kind of stuff is, not simple. Uh, as they, yeah. as you further you get into the game, it kind of makes it uh, adds more wrinkles to it. Mm-hmm. You get temples because you know it's a cult. You got to have a place for uh, doing some further upgrades for your uh, facilities and such, and different abilities you can get out of that. Uh, yeah. There's you got a crafting area for building, you know, new places. Uh, you have like a finite amount of land and there are some smaller things too. You can have people just go around like chopping up wood and uh, mining stone, that kind of stuff. But eventually mm-hmm. you'll run out of major stuff there. So they allow you to eventually unlock uh, sort of perpetual places to mine that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also by that point, you unlock some other side areas that you can go to and potentially get that stuff and do more things. So they, it can, it opens up pretty nicely into other areas for, you know, maybe some fishing and some other quests and all this kind of stuff. If you want to do them, I think you can probably just kind of focus on, uh, the mainline stuff, which is sort of going into the, uh, 
the uh, forest of the various uh, current deities, I guess. I don't know how they describe it. Because uh, you're, you're playing as a lamb that was going to get sacrificed against the last of your kind. And uh, as you get sacrificed, you run into, I think they call it the one who waits, who is this other deity that is trying to get back into power and sort of recruits you into their cause and has you set up your own cult to, you know, lead to all these kind of powers to overturn the current God hierarchy of sorts Mm -hmm. and kind of the, the way that's all set up is pretty neat. It's very much kind of like a, a binding of Isaac uh, in terms of being like kind of top down ish and uh, you're going into different rooms and you're encouraged to kind of try to bust stuff up as much as you can. Cause you can get resources out of that uh, for taking back to your camp kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Even get to the point of like, Oh, you, uh, when you kill enemies, they drop into, they turn into skeletons like, Oh, you should bust it up. So you get some bones. Uh, that are also a a thing you can use for stuff. Uh, yeah. But the runs through these, you kind of, at least the first one, I've finished up the uh, Leshy's thing, which required you to go through four times yeah. to do it. Yeah. And it's a pretty decent uh, length. It's like, like my first run was like eight minutes, and then my last run was like 15 minutes. So nothing too significant with that i assume further ones will get a little longer mm-hmm. uh but yeah they they do a good job making it kind of more bite-sized versus you know a hades or some of these other games where runs can get up to like an hour or so mm-hmm. uh, i don't know if they let you save and come back uh but the, the length of the runs are pretty short though they do have like day night cycles i assume that affects something but i haven't notice anything other than it just being darker at night Mm. Uh, but you will have quests that are maybe time limited from your followers uh was one that wanted me to build them something that would cause them to vomit i don't know it was Mm. it was a weird kind of quest but you'll get some of that stuff from your followers if you don't do it you lose faith which is sort of your one of your upgrade currencies uh that leads to what they call a divine intervention when you level up that and that just allows you to unlock more buildings, structures, decorations, whatever for your camp uh, yeah. for that stuff that you can build. So, yeah, there's a lot here. It's pretty neat, pretty meaty kind of game. Uh, I believe yeah. it's not going to be something as long as some others. Uh, you don't have like set weapons in this game. You generally start with something randomly and you get a few chances throughout a run to. Uh, swap them out or get an upgraded version, that kind of stuff. Uh, so far, I've just had like an axe and a sword. The axe is, you know, more powerful, but it's slower. Uh, and the sword is like much faster, but not as powerful, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, through some of the upgrade processes, you can upgrade sort of the, the level of weapons you get, that kind of stuff. You may be able to upgrade to get more types of weapons. Yeah. I don't know, but. Uh, you also get some powers, too, that require a currency called Fervor, which drops from dead enemies or at the end of each uh, area you complete. Uh, you know, kill all the enemies. It drops a big chest that gives you some gold and some Fervor there. 
Uh, those are usually like different kinds of specials. You know, one was like this kind of arrow shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, others, you know, were just like, uh, just push people away from you and it'll do a little damage too. That kind of stuff. I didn't use it too much, uh, but they have their uses. But uh, yeah, that's Cult of Lamb. Definitely recommend checking that out if you're looking for a roguelite of some kind. Uh, that one seems like a pretty good one. Uh, another game that came out this week, Rumbleverse, which is a mm-hmm. battle royale, uh, but built around wrestling, uh, where uh, you, know, you essentially are getting fired out of a cannon into this city. It's probably called Rumble City. I don't know what the name is on that, but uh, the they start out telling you, like, here's the area where you're not going to take damage if you're outside of it. And mm-hmm. after a certain amount of time, it just starts shrinking three to the different parts. Uh, but yeah, your abilities are fairly simple. Uh, you have like a, a basic attack button and a strong attack button. Uh, one for, you know, block in uh, and you got some special abilities you can pick up. You find books essentially for different like special moves, you know, choke slams and these are different kind of uh, attacks. So you can swap them out as you see fit, uh, but you can mm-hmm. also pick up, you know, Powder that upgrades your health or your stamina or whatever. Uh, you also have the ability to like climb up buildings and such, uh, which leads to some cool stuff where you can potentially, if you line it up right and get lucky, uh, do a an elbow drop off of a building onto somebody, just do some massive damage to them, that kind of stuff. Uh, I've had a little bit of a rocky launch. I don't know if it's because there's been a lot of people jumping in and their servers weren't able to handle it. Uh, They've had some long uh, matchmaking times and such. Uh, So hopefully it's just high demand for the game. Uh, But yeah, right now it's PS5, PS4, and PC, I believe. Uh, And yeah, it's Epic published, so it's on Epic Game Store, not Steam. Uh, But yeah, that seems pretty neat so far. I think they're going to be launching their first season for Battle Pass stuff here in the next week or so. So yeah. Rumbleverse, uh, wanted to keep an eye on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Also been playing more Horizon Forbidden West, just kind of working my way through it, doing some side stuff that I've been skipping to progress more through the mainline stuff. Uh, so I'll be more ready for when I get to the uh, some of the main stuff I'm working on. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, still liking it a lot. Uh, let's see. I got Collection of Mana from... One of the recent Switch sales, I had some credit and some gold coins to make that pretty cheap. And uh, liking it so far, it's an M2 collection that is weirdly fairly light on extra features. Uh, It seems like all they've really added to it is a save state system for quick save and quick loads. Uh, There's no way to remap buttons. Uh, There's no way to... uh, doing that kind of stuff that's just kind of annoying. Uh, there's no like guide stuff in the game. The, the weird thing is it has like a section in the pause menu for a manual, which just tells you what the different options in the pause menu means and the controls, and then gives you a QR code to take you to the website for more information. That's just very kind of, well, that's kind of shitty. So I've been, uh, Pulling up just game facts, walkthroughs, 
for it has Final Fantasy Legend, I don't know, Final Fantasy Adventure, uh, Secret of Mana, and Trials of Mana, the uh, second Densetsu 3 that had never been localized. Uh, I played the, the first two so far. Usually played enough of Final Fantasy Adventure until I get stuck somewhere, uh, especially if I'm not near a computer or phone to look up a guide uh, for that. Then I move over to the other one. Uh, and the weird thing, just kind of getting used to Final Fantasy Adventure is that it has like a a bar that fills up when you don't attack, so kind of incentivizing you not to just mash the attack buttons. Uh, but it's still pretty viable that way. And yeah, the game doesn't tell you at all when you level up, like, what are these stats doing when you upgrade? You can kind of figure out powers for your attack and stamina's for your defense, but I had to figure out, okay, this other one's for magic, and this other one, I guess, is to make that bar fill up faster, uh, which I feel like so far has not been too big of an issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, when it's full, you kind of get this weird, uh, like, Elaborate animation for the attack. It's like yeah. I have a sickle that has like a bigger swing, which isn't really all that useful when you're trying to, you know, get enemies at a closer range. Uh, and you can only do this bigger attack every once in a while. Anyway, uh, but I've gotten stuck in a couple of places just for stupid reasons, not realizing like, oh, I have to use this medic on this random rock in a corner of a room that I didn't notice was a thing I could do. Uh, that kind of stuff, but yeah, they kind of seem like they have you come in with you know extra characters every once in a while. That's you go to the pause menu and hit ask, and they do something. They have some sort of special ability. Though the second one just tells you what the manic is for, uh, which is a weapon for not really a weapon, really. It's just for like breaking up rocks and some other stuff. Uh, which is like that's kind of lame, this guy, but he. He just runs around and shoots magic, but you have no control over him. Uh, So it's kind of a weird thing. Uh, Secret of Mana, I've never really played all that much. Uh, But I can see, like, very much there. All the the style of the game and the animations and all that very much looks like they are emulating, like, the Final Fantasy stuff and other Square stuff. Uh, Chrono Trigger and that kind of way that everybody moves around. Uh, But it just kind of... The action's all right. It one has more harsh penalties for trying to, you know, just do uh, spam your attacks. We're going to just basically do nothing in damage. But you can kind of, like, knock enemies down and, like, queue up for another attack if you wait long enough. Uh, but there's some enemies that are just kind of a pain in the butt. But I've not had too much trouble in getting around on that as far as getting stuck. Uh, my main issue is running into merchants and not... Not understanding anything about what stat boost certain weapons are going to do or equipment you get. You kind of just have to guess if you don't have a guide. So I ended up just pulling up a guide earlier today when I was put some more time into that just to be like, okay. But I've also run into a couple times where I bought something. I didn't know I had it. And so I had to sell it back for less than I paid for it. Just being little annoyances like that, which is... Typical for a Super Nintendo kind of game. Uh, but yeah, that collection's alright. I feel like it 
needed more like bonus features and such, you know, maybe a in-game guide thing that you can kind of look at, maybe put the official guides in there uh, mm-hmm. that I assume happened at some point. Uh, stuff like that that would help for some of these RPG collections. Uh, yeah. Some of these games can be very obtuse, uh, especially mm-hmm. like a Game Boy game with the notion of having to go into you can buy like a key that can be used four times that you have to equip in a weird way, that kind of stuff. That's just like mechanics that nobody has done in, you know, at least 20 years. That's, you know, people trying to play on a switch today without the knowledge of that kind of stuff can better understand what sort of logic they're tackling in these kind of games. But there's that. And also been playing more rocket league, uh, yeah, not much more to say about that, but uh, yeah, that's been pretty much all I've been playing. So how about you, Brandon? Well, uh, as for me, I finished um, I finished Power Wash Simulator, and yeah, that that last uh, job that you have to do is an absolute doozy. It's I'm not going to really give it away, but I will say it's a very large building that is that has two stories and literally every single surface on and inside that building is covered in filth. Um, because it originally was underwater up until fairly recently, so it's covered under layers of muck and mud and barnacles and all kinds of stuff. So um, you better have invested in a professional grade power washer by that point, because otherwise you're going to be in for a hard time. Um, but it's, uh, you know, it, 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 it is very daunting at first when you start it, uh, because of just the sheer scale of it. Um, but you know, if you keep at it and are, you know, steady, you know, eventually you will, and you can, and you will eventually finish it. It just may take you a little while. It took me a couple of days to finish it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, so since that's now done, uh, I had been playing Evil Within 2 sort of on the side while playing Power Wash Simulator, and uh, that's done. I can more focus on Evil Within 2 more fully. Um, already, I can tell you, compared to, to the first one, uh, how superior it is. And I liked the first one a lot, but um, First of all, not only are the graphics better, but also the voice acting is miles superior. Um, the guy you play as actually emotes like a person who's actually in a survival horror game. Um, on top of that, the play, the sort of overall layout of the game and the levels are a lot more logical. Because in the original game, you were essentially going through a simulated environment that was inside a person's mind. In this case, you're actually in a like concrete simulated environment that's meant to resemble a sort of small suburban town that is kind of dealing with, it's being slowly corrupted from the inside and more or less something akin to like a zombie apocalypse. Um, so you're having to go from like up roads and house to house and stuff like that. It's uh pr- pretty intense, um, and it's pretty like the, the a lot of these enemies have a tendency to kind of hide in plain sight. So you know you'll it's it's got it's uh 
it's got its degree of scares too, unlike the first game, which just tried to kind of overwhelm you with the gore. Um, but other than that, uh, I and I am finally getting around to playing it because I had downloaded it uh, from Game Pass uh, months ago, and I'm only now playing it. Yakuza Like a Dragon, it's there, and I'm honestly kicking myself that it took me this damn long because it's already, you know, I'm not even that far into the game, and it's already pretty amazing. Um, you know, Ichiban himself is already someone that you find yourself being kind of a lovable schlub, um, but the way he's so absolutely sincere and yet also kind of goofy at the same time makes him weirdly affable. Um... But also, I think probably what I like about this game that kind of separates it from the other Yakuza games, even though I love the other Yakuza games, is that this game actually takes you out of Kamurocho and puts you into another place inside of Yokohama. Um, I mean, you actually start off in like what they call a gray zone, which is like next to the river, and it's mostly you know inhabited by like poor and working class people. Um, Leading, you know, semi uh, semi legal things like you know brothels and bars and gambling dens and stuff like that, and you know it's inhabited by like a lot of homeless pe- people, and uh, there's like cops there that are assholes. You're having to deal with the organized crime that's there. Only one of which is actually a uh, yakuza family. You're having to deal. Also, with a Chinese organized crime and a Korean organized crime syndicate as well, um, and overall, it's you know I, I think probably the one of the things that I think really makes this game great is the fact that, that they switched the uh, combat system over to a full-on JRPG um, in a way that actually kind of makes me, when I play this game, have like flashbacks to like Persona, um, mostly due to the stylized nature of it. But, yeah, it's genuinely good, and I can't wait to get and play more of it. Um, I am legitimately impressed, but yeah. Uh, so that's what I've been playing. What about you, Dan? Yeah, I mean, like, before I go ahead and go on my thing, I just wanted to quickly, like, you know, respond to what you were saying about Yakuza. You know, I was uh, out with a few friends last week, and uh, they don't really play that many games, but they do have, like, you know... Um, Games with Gold or uh, PlayStation Plus. I forget what whatever service that um, Like a Dragon is is on. And uh, yeah, like they're they're, they're, they're 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 really enjoying it uh, themselves. And um, yeah, like I I think part of the thing aside from the fact that it's turn based is that Ichiban is relatable in the sense where like you know he can actually call out what exactly is happening around him. And, you know, like you said, he's goofy. Like, the guy's an idiot. He's, he is a complete, like, numbnuts as far as, like, you know, his, his, his intelligence level. Yeah. Um, but there's also the fact that he's a gamer. You know, they, they, they make fun of Dragon Quest all the time in that game. And, um, yeah, it's just absolutely charming. And I'm glad you're finally getting on that because that, that game is absolutely wonderful. Like, it came out when, like, Charles of Cold Steel 4 and, like, Persona. Uh, maybe it was a Persona. I forgot. But, like, they were. No, no, it was, it was Dragon Quest. And there were a lot of like yeah. good games during like you know that time period, but Yakuza was definitely a special one among them. So, yeah, mm-hmm. awesome. Um, anyway, uh, going back to what I've been playing, um, like Chris, I've played a little bit of a uh, Cult of the Lamb. Um, mm-hmm. From what it sounds like, I'm I'm nowhere near like the amount of uh, gameplay he's put in. I'm probably maybe about two, maybe two hours in, and uh, I'm really enjoying. It. 
far. And the funny thing is, I'm not the biggest fan of roguelites. And I'm not the biggest fan of, like, you know, um, any sort of, like, simulator. Um, I know that uh, we, we drew the comparison to uh, Animal Crossing. And that's probably because, like, a lot of the animals, as devilish as they are, are really, really cute. And, yeah, there's a lot of, like, you know, customizing your HUD as far as, like, you know, having a church there and things like that. But, um, you know, uh, don't get us wrong. This game is, like, really evil in its intentions. Um, like, uh, yeah, you you definitely have to, like, go and, you know, uh, do the roguelite levels every once in a while. But then eventually um, you start to recruit more and more animals to your cause. And it's funny because when you start to recruit them, you have to name them and things like that. So you have to, like, sort of grow an attachment to them. And then eventually you will get to a point where um, you have to overwork them. Uh, you have to, you know, put them in the hospital. And then there's uh, there's a point where they actually start to age and they eventually die in that way. And like you get to a point where you have so many of these animals where you actually stop naming them because you realize they're not important at all. They're just there to serve you as a deity, you know, serve you as a cult master. These are all cultists who just will sacrifice their lives for you. And it's just absolutely nuts and uh the reason why i actually enjoying both these aspects that i don't even really care about as far as like you know um, my preferences in gameplay is uh like chris said like a lot of the actual um uh roguelite leveling is really really short you know uh levels can last anywhere between like five minutes and like you know less than 15 and they're really really short bursts and they're you can play them in easy medium and hard and um uh, the gameplay is really responsive and fluid, and it just makes it awesome. And there's a there's a good dodge roll in the game as well, so it's nowhere near as hard as like Hades, even though Hades isn't even really that hard. Um, mm. Then, like, yeah, as far as like the the sim stuff goes, it's 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 pretty simple. Like everything is checklist based. It's nowhere near as hard as like a as like a Don't Starve kind of game. And um, yeah, the developers really did a good job, just you know, trying to put all this stuff together. Um, but yeah, so far I've been playing. I wish it was a bit more of a way to, uh, to really get you as far as the psychiatric stuff, like um, maybe caring for the animals that you have in your little hut more, and things like that. Uh, there are some points where you have to like, go in the map and like, talk to this dude, like give her gold, she was, was actually a way to put him into your hut and things like that. But, you know, um, it's, it's, it's these kinds of aspects that really separate, you know, triple experience to an but at the same time, um, I'm really enjoying what I'm playing so far. I've, I've heard from some people that it's only about 16 hours long, which is, you know, uh, pretty short for this kind of game. I'm looking forward to uh, uh, continuing from there. Uh, along with, uh, I've been on Steam, so um, I'm looking forward to, like, maybe, maybe play on PlayStation if I, um, if I see it on sale or something down the line. But, yeah, definitely an enjoyable game on just, just about any platform. Um, also, I'm playing Super UFO Fighter. Uh, this game's a little weird. Um, it's a one-on-one sort of party fighting game where you use a UFO and you pretty mm-hmm. much like fight other UFOs. And all you do is fly around a plane. And um, the object of the game is to um, absorb a specific item and then just drop it in your in your basket. Like it's kind of similar to um, like a soccer game or even a What's that one game that Super, uh, Super Giant made? Um, it was kind of like a sports oh, game. Uh, Pyre. Yeah, Pyre. Yeah, Pyre. Yeah. It's kind of like Pyre, but you know, instead of shooting things into your opponent's uh, um, section, you pretty much just drop it in your thing. It's kind of like a claw game. 
And so basically, all these um, capsules will fall down, and you have to break them. And in the middle of the screen, uh, there's an item. There's a specific item that you have to drop into your chute. And you spend your time um, just you know breaking these capsules until you find whatever you need. And then uh, once you find it, you know you have to drop it into your HUD. And obviously, your opponent will know that too. So you're going to keep bashing each other and trying to get under and over each other until you're able to just drop it there. And, like, that's how you win. So most rounds are, like, uh, two to three rounds, and you go about that way. And um, if you play it with with another human, I can imagine these matches, like, taking a really, really long time. But so far, I've been playing the regular campaign, and uh, it's pretty fun. Uh, It's nothing that I want to do for, like, more than an hour at a time. So it's it's really suitable suitable for the Switch in that regard. But, yeah, it's pretty enjoyable. Um, One thing that I noticed right off the bat is that the the UI is very similar to that of Smash Brothers. Like, if you were to, you know... um, log into the smash and just go to the home screen it looks exactly the same aside from the fact that it's pixel based so yeah it's 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 it's, it's, it's a solid it's a solid uh quick time and then uh, of course i'm still playing live alive uh, when we last spoke um i was in the middle of of the end of the uh, uh of, of the shifu chapter um so i finished that and it was actually a little bit hard um and i think mm-hmm. it's because uh, as i got towards the end of that you know that mini dungeon section um I'm not going to lie, I skipped a few. So uh, I actually had a pretty hard time against the main boss. And, you know, I'm not going to spoil anything, but the main thing I will say is that uh, you gain access to this spell that you can only use once per the match. And I didn't know whether I wanted to use it right off the bat or I wanted to use it towards the end. And, you know, in, in typical end boss fashion, sometimes the boss will, like, attack you twice with their super move and then you can't dodge it, so it's not really fair. But, um, you know... Uh, I ended up, uh, the, the way I got through it was I ended up just stripping the um, uh, the highly used character and giving all of his gear to the character that I ended up having to use. And, you know, I just beat him that way. It was close, but I got through him. So that was fun. Um, I was surprised to see that uh, there was actually an end credits for that. So I guess every chapter mm-hmm. will have their end credits. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. We're just going to do this like eight times. But uh yeah, so the one the one I'm doing now is the uh, prehistoric section. So you use a caveman, yeah. and uh, they don't talk. I mean, like they do talk, they they communicate, but you can't. There's there's nothing for you to read because you know you aren't supposed to understand whatever their language is. So it's funny yeah. seeing the way that these sprites are reacting with one another and telling you where to go, and you, you try to figure out where to go from there. So um, the last time I played it was a few days ago. So I hope to, I hope to get through it tonight. I heard I heard it's actually the the, the shortest. Um, the shortest chapter. So yeah, I'm definitely enjoying Lab Alive so far. And, uh, I hope to, uh, beat this sometime soon because I'm not, I'm, I'm expecting, uh, to, to get busy with a uh, Xenoblade and trails. So yeah, that's been about it. All right. So yeah, let's get to some news here. Uh, we have the list of what's coming to PlayStation plus other uh, game catalog lineup for the rest of the month. Uh, this will be available on Tuesday, the 16th. Uh, as we talked about last week, uh, we know that three Yakuza games are coming to uh, PlayStation Plus for that time frame. That is uh, Yakuza 0, Kwame, and Kwame 2. Uh, so you can check all three of those out. Uh, let's see, there's Dead by Daylight. Uh, that'll be uh, a pretty solid multiplayer game for that mm-hmm. service. Uh, like... Uh, Game Pass is getting uh, Ghost Recon Wildlands is also on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, Bug Snacks is on here, uh, as well as let's see other ones: Metro Exodus, 
Uh, it should be a pretty good one too. Check out the like ray tracing stuff on there. Uh, there's Trials of Mana, the sort of remake of that third uh, mana game that never got mm-hmm. translated uh, until that collection. Uh, and then some more Ubisoft stuff, but the some of their licensed stuff, Uno, Monopoly Madness, and Monopoly Plus. Uh, no uh, classic games, as far as I can tell, uh, unless they throw something weird in there at the last moment. Uh, but it mm. seems like all these will be mainly for the extra uh, catalog. Mm-hmm. Don't specify anything is just for premium here. So uh, Trials of Mana seems like a, a big highlight, even though they don't place it in here like a big highlight. Because uh, that is a fairly recent Square Enix game that probably a lot of people mm. didn't check out so much, and now they can. Uh, here mm-hmm. on PlayStation Extra, so there you go. Pretty solid lineup there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good lineup. And a good call out on the Trials of Mana thing and people not really knowing about it. Uh, I know I bought that game and never opened it, so I <laughs> guess I'm one of them. Yeah, yeah, so there you go. Lots of uh, meaty games in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, let's see. Our next story here. Yeah, the next Kirby game has a release mm-hmm. date. Uh, August 17th, Kirby's Dream Buffet, mm-hmm. uh, which is that sort of multiplayer game yep. of sorts. I believe it's going to be 15 bucks uh, to check that out. That'll be, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the kind of one of Nintendo's big games for this month in August. Uh, yeah, fairly self-explanatory from the way that thing has been shown off. Mm-hmm. It's kind of more like this just four-player, multiplayer, kind of Battle Royale-ish kind of game of sorts. So, yeah, there you go. I'm a little surprised it's not just, like, free-to-play. Mm-hmm. Some maybe currency stuff to pay for things, but, hey, maybe it'll be uh, a more meaty experience than it seems. Yeah, it is a little surprising for mm-hmm. bucks. Um don't know if that's something I want to get on day one. Maybe I'll just check for a few reviews and see how it goes. But it does look fun, and it does look like something I'd dive into for a little bit. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's also a whole lot of other stuff you can get for 15 bucks. Yeah, especially for this week coming up, because there's more indies coming out. Some cool stuff, like, uh, uh, what is it, Curse to Golf is out. That is a 2D golf roguelite. Uh, mm. That's a pretty neat game bunch of other stuff as we start getting into the fall releases for this year but this month has a lot of cool indie games coming out so uh, this seems like it would have been a cool game to put on like the Nintendo Switch uh, plus expansion pack thing uh, add some more value to that versus just DLC packs mm-hmm. and N64 and Genesis games that aren't getting Edit all that often. Yep. Uh, but another game Nintendo wants you to buy here in the near future is Splatoon 3. That'll be out mm-hmm. September 9th. Yep. Uh, and they had a big direct to explain what the hell this game is. Mm-hmm. Besides some of the obvious stuff you would expect yep. out of it. But yeah, it has the campaign mm-hmm. uh, where you're playing as Agent 3, the latest recruit of the new Squidbeak Splatoon, uh, mm-hmm. battling with the Octarian Army, 
whose members are covered in hair for some reason, as it says here. Mm-hmm. Along with their small fry buddy, players can explore many stages, each one full of twists and turns. Yep. Uh, so there you go. Uh, Salmon Run is returning, and this time, as they say, now Salmon Run can be played at any time. Mm. There's no limited event shit with this thing. People can play Thank it whenever and don't have to schedule their lives around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Yeah, there's new turf game, turf war gameplay uh, here. Mm-hmm. Uh, two teams of four compete to ink the most of the turf in three mm-hmm. minutes. New t- techniques are introduced, like squid surge. Players can swim up balls in the single burst. Squid roll, which makes it possible to jump out of ink while turning around. That's mm-hmm. uh, pretty good there. Uh, oh, yeah. When the player's character glows while executing the move, it also repels ink from opponents. Yeah. So you get a little bit of invincibility in there. Uh, they got some returning stages and some new ones. Uh, 12 total in the launch game. More will be added mm-hmm. post-launch. They did call out two years of support. Yeah. Uh, for Which seems like about as much as Nintendo does for any of their games. Yep. Uh, they did talk about the the new trio of hosts. Uh, which is, I think, two squid ladies and a a big like manta ray dude called Big Man. Mm-hmm. So there you go for that. They do have Splatfest are returning, and they're doing something a little bit different in there. They'll have some that are two uh, teams competing. Uh, as it says here, the, the team they represent is based on that choice. Winners decide by battles over a set period of time. But Splatfest will consist of two halves. In the first half, the three teams will compete uh, in a 4v4 turf war battles. Uh, second mm-hmm. half includes the new tricolor turf war battles, so it'll be three teams fighting at once. So mm-hmm. I assume the uh, yeah, the first place team will defend themselves in a unique 4v2v2 match type. Uh, so then I think that gives the the other... Other teams, a chance to catch up uh, when they got to be the ones in the corner against two other teams. Uh, so that kind of helps out because there'll be a lot of Splatfest where it's very lopsided in a way that's just like, well, there's no point in this anymore because there's no way the other teams are going to catch up and that kind of stuff. So there's that. Uh, they have a card game because every game has to have a card game now. Mm-hmm. Uh, called Table Turf Battle. That was 150 cards to collect. 1v1, a competitive battle. Card battle spinoff of Turf War. So, that's another thing for people to get obsessed with. Uh, oh yeah, just to follow up on the, the thing there, uh, Cult of the Lamb has its own, it's not a card game, it's a dice game, but it has its own like mm-hmm. thing there that you can do. Oh yeah. So there you go. Uh, the Splatlands main weapons, yeah, they have uh, some returning weapons and some new ones. They got a bow-like tri-stringer. I can fire mm-hmm. in three directions simultaneously. And at least charge shots that briefly freeze before exploding. Uh, there's a, a wiper sends blades of ink flying with centrifugal, centrifugal force generated by swinging it. Uh, so there's that. Uh, all main weapon types from previous Splatoon games will be available in Splatoon 3 from the start. 
Mm. There's also some new special weapons that are unleashed after inking enough turf. So stuff that'll potentially allow you to turn the tide of battle or get an upper hand on another team, whatever. Uh, Let's see, there's some uh, anarchy battle mode that players compete for rankings in objective-based battles. Four separate modes, which are on rotation, splat zones, tower control, raid maker, and clan blitz. Uh, There are also solo versions. Uh, But if you want to team up with friends, you can do that as well. There's a lobby like there has been in the past. Online friends appears 3D holograms, so you can uh, hang out for a bit while you're waiting. Mm. Um, yeah, they have all the catalog stuff, so you can buy lots of customization stuff uh, in the town uh, before you go into fights, all that kind of stuff. So they'll be adding more every three months for two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Splatnet 3 is uh, happening which is the online service stuff they do in the Nintendo Switch online app on your phone. Or you can check out your battle stats, order gear while you're away from the game. Uh, new feature is Krusty Sean's Wonder Wandercrust. Uh, you support Krusty Sean's journey using inked points earned during oh. battles. That's weird. Yeah. Uh, this new Amiibo, <laughs> they're going to be ha- coming out. I have some of the same abilities as in Splatoon 2, where you can save uh, outfits to them mm. instead of making that functionality. It's in the game. Uh, but the Amiibo also come with exclusive gear. So you have to buy it if you want all of the gear, I guess. And yeah, they'll have, let's see, uh, post-launch updates, free in- in-game season catalog be distributed every three months for two years, additional weapons will be added. X battle and league battle are planned for future updates. I assume that's more highly ranked battle stuff. Mm. Yeah, X battle is unlocked after attaining an extremely high rank in anarchy battle. League battle players compete every two hours in teams based on their anarchy battle results. And large scale paid DLC is also planned for the future. So there you go. And they're going to have a big tournament at PAX West on September 5th before the game launches. Uh, But they also have a demo. Uh, that is going to be coming out. I'm trying to see, do even mention it here? Uh, there's a demo that you can grab or pre-order. I think. Yeah, let me see if I can find. Yeah, the Splatfest World Premiere demo. They link it up here at the top. August 27th, you can play for 12 hours. I don't know if there's only specific times during that. Uh, but yeah, if you do do not have Nintendo Switch Online, you can by downloading the demo get a free seven-day trial for Nintendo Switch Online to play. Uh, if you do not... Wait, what's here? After the demo, you receive an email with the Nintendo eShop code for seven-day free trial for Nintendo Switch Online. Comes redeemable. Demo becomes playable on August 25th. But yeah, the 12-hour demo starts on August 27th, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Pacific Time. Ink up the turf against one team at a time. 3 p.m. to 9 p.m. Pacific time. Take on the new tricolor turf war battles. The 4v2v2 thing. So it'll be kind of a big splat fest thing. So that'll be neat to check out. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, largely it. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm definitely getting it probably day one. So... <laughs> 
yeah, I honestly can't wait to play it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't actually watched the direct, um, but I did like read up on some stuff. It doesn't seem that much different than the rest. Um, I guess the main thing I'm looking forward to is seeing how the single-player campaign pans out with its story, because that actually does look like the most interesting part of the game, at least for me. Although, you know, I do enjoy some Tier 4s every now and then. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, honestly, I just want to see, like, how, like, what dark undertone are they going to bring up this time? Because, let's be honest, as fun as the Splatoon game series is, that's kind of one of the draws of the series, that... They can take this incredibly, you know, fun, you know, bright colored thing and then put this terrifying undertone to it. So, yeah. Yeah, it's very much going to be another Splatoon game. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, two is more of what people liked about one. Mm -hmm. Uh, That kind of thing. Making some changes here and there. Uh, if, yeah, if you don't have a Switch, you can try to get the Splatoon 3-themed Switch OLED model. Mm-hmm. It'll be out August 26th uh, for $3.59.99. I uh, don't think that comes with the game. I think it's just mm. everything has little paint uh, splash kind of look to it. Uh, so pay uh, a little bit extra for that. Uh, look, but yeah, it seems neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's kind of it for most of the dates we have this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, not really too much there, but we do have uh, some other stuff here. Uh, an indie game that got announced this week that looks pretty neat: Soccer Story. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is not a, a related at all to the Golf Story game that came out mm-hmm. a few years ago. Uh, this is a different team. Uh, but it is a an open world RPG featuring uh, yep. soccer. Yep. Uh, supposed to be out later this year for PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, PC, and Stadia. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems to begin one year after an event called the Calamity, which apparently has made soccer legal. Mm. Magic Soccer Ball chooses you to be the so-called savior of soccer uh, to help heal the world. And yeah, mm. you're doing. Uh, story-based missions and side activities uh, facing, you know, typical opponents like sharks, toddlers, pensioners, ninjas, all that kind of stuff. Uh, as single player as well as a four-player local multiplayer mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's a neat uh, looking game to uh, keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Next one here. Yeah. Super Punch-Out, a game that's been out for quite a while. Oh, yeah. Uh, not as popular as Punch Out, but uh, there you go. Uh, somebody managed to find some new cheats for the game uh, that require you to have two controllers plugged in, mm. uh, which explains why probably nobody really figured this out before because it's a single player game. Why would you put two mm. controllers in and uh, you know just mash buttons wildly? Uh, but yeah, it requires. Let's see. Yeah, the title screen, hold Y plus R, then press A or start. Uh, the following screen will appear instead of regular menus, which shows, you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the main hero against the any of the uh, boxes you can face in the game, uh, including mm-hmm. bosses there. Uh, so, 
You can select any character to fight a free single match. Mm -hmm. uh, see even the fighters from Special Circuit are available here. Uh, there's also, uh, let's see, at the character info screen, hold B plus Y, then press A or start. And mm -hmm. from now, the CPU opponent will be controlled from Joypad 2, so you can fight mm -hmm. against a real person. And yeah, you hold uh, the button combinations, you hold on Joypad 2, then A or start on Joypad 1. Mm -hmm. so you kind of have to manage that stuff. Uh, but yeah, you can do it on any version, it seems like, of Super Punch-Outs, even these uh, Nintendo Switch Online versions. Uh, mm -hmm. I think you would just have to have, you know, two controllers connected uh, for that stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of neat. Definitely seems like things that maybe weren't polished or didn't work well enough to be in the game proper. Might have been more for yeah. dev work, mm -hmm. testing stuff out kind of thing. But yeah. I mean, with that considered, it's a really interesting find. You know, we're talking about a game that's almost 30 years old. And, you know, has probably been, been hacked, you know, all this time, and they don't find anything until now. So it makes yeah. you wonder, like, what exactly is out there as far as these other game secrets? Obviously now, with, like, you know, the games we have out now and DLC, you'll never probably see, really see that anymore, because that, that's all just, you know, a thing of the past. But, you know, there were, you know... A lot of us grew up going to Target or, you know, 7-Eleven, going to the magazine section, looking for the latest cheat codes and whatever it may be to get an advantage. And, uh, you know, this, this, this brings up, like, really fun memories. And, you know, you just wonder if there's any other game that has this sort of thing hiding in there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, as far as the Punch-Out series goes, no one talks about Super Punch-Out. So here's one thing that'll bring it back on the map. Mm. Yes, yeah, give people some reason to... Uh, check this out, especially if you have it on the Switch where it's already there. You don't have to do any extra work to start it up or anything. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, that's neat. So then we're checking out maybe for a few minutes. Uh, but yeah, the let's see here. The uh, Sega Mega Drive Mini 2 that is coming to Japan. They've announced the, the next wave of games. For it, uh, this is numbers 34 to 44 of 50 total. Mm -hmm. That is uh, got some really interesting stuff here that mm -hmm. you maybe wouldn't expect to be yeah. in this, but also definitely will not be in the US version or the West version. Unfortunately. Uh, yeah, you got Gain Ground, which is, I think, a shmup. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming so. Uh, there's Fantasy Star 2, mm -hmm. and there's Populous, you know, the, the god uh, sim mm -hmm. game. There's Sorcerian, which is a Nihon Falcom game, RPG. Mm -hmm. uh, that definitely won't be coming over here, because I don't think it's uh, come over to the West very much, if at all. Yeah. I'm going to double check that here on the wiki. It came over on the PC MS-DOS version. In 1990. Mm -hmm. So yep. the localization was not very good. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's not going to be part of this. They're mm -hmm. not going to do the extra work to localize it for this. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, there's Togi O, King Colossus, which is based on in uh, a manga. Or mm -hmm. I think, no, it's from a... It was produced by Makoto Ogino. 
author of the manga mm-hmm. Peacock King. This is sort of a yeah. another thing that he worked on. Yeah. Uh, a boy living in the frontier, ignorant of his past, grows as a warrior while fighting monsters and improving himself. Mm-hmm. He is also attractive with a wide variety of weapons, such as swords, axes, magic wands, chains, spears, and bow guns. Yeah. So, action RPG kind of thing. It's basically a Zelda clone. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's the... And there's Viewpoint is the last one, mm-hmm. uh, which is a shmup. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a isometric. Like a... Yeah. Uh, a Sammy game before mm-hmm. they own Sega. Yep. And then for the, the Mega CD games, there's Echo the Dolphin CD, yep. uh, Robo OLS, uh, Romance mm-hmm. of the Kingdoms 3. It's Romance of Three Kingdoms, yeah. Or Romance of Three Kingdoms 3. Yeah. Uh, Shimagami Tensei, the original that, that never came over in any form. Yeah, not the first Megami Tensei game, but it is the first Shin Megami Tensei game. Um, it's actually yeah. the third in the overall franchise that was released all the way back in 1992. Yeah. Um, and if I'm thinking correctly, I think it was actually originally a Super Famicom game when it first came out. Um, yeah, yeah, it was. It was originally a Famicom game. Yeah. The only time I got localized was for an iOS release, and I believe that died with iOS updates mm-hmm. because they never modernized it for future updates. So mm-hmm. those are some early games that Atlas should really remake at some point. They really uh, to... should. They should. But will they? No. Uh, let's see. Tenka Fubu, Ayutachi mm-hmm. no Hoko. Uh, that looks like a Three Kingdoms style game. I think that's like a like a like a yeah, historical simulation type. game depicting the Warring States period. Yeah, it's uh, like a you know Nobunaga and that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A very PCS kind of game, but on a Sega. So they had a lot of those back in the day. I swear they really did. For some reason they kept putting real-time strategy games on consoles back when real-time strategy games just did not work for consoles. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's your list of games coming to the uh, Sega Mega Drive Mini 2. Most of yeah. those will not be coming to the Western version. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially because they never got Western releases. Mm-hmm. And probably won't do the, the work on localizing that stuff. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, there you go. Uh, and that's it for the regular news. We got Evo news. Mm-hmm. Uh, that seemed to be a pretty successful event. Having a lot of good matches mm-hmm. there. Uh, especially a lot of stuff going down to the wire. Uh, companies did take the opportunity to announce stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, after the tournaments for Tekken 7 happened they ran up a trailer that was about balance updates and such they're doing as uh then they ended with a clip of kazuya's infamous tekken one arcade ending which is where he mm-hmm. tosses uh i think Hihachi's body down a cliff and yes smiles at the camera in a mm-hmm. creepy way 
Yeah. Um, then transitions over to uh, a modern looking Kazuya with the same kind of smile. Mm-hmm. With the message saying, get ready. Uh, one would assume means, hey, they're probably working on Tekken 8. Yep. Because otherwise, that's a weird thing to do. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, it doesn't make any damn sense. Yeah, which is also a Tekken thing, but uh, Tekken 8 seems like a good time to be doing that, though I think they could have just announced it proper mm. uh, versus this teaser thing, so maybe it's a little further off than uh, we would like, but Tekken 7 launched in 2017, so it's been quite a while. Uh, for that, so yeah, there you go. Yeah, I mean, what makes this a little bit more interesting is the fact that you know not only is Evo owned by Sony, uh, so it makes you know developers a little wary about uh, announcing stuff. What really makes this interesting is the fact that, like you said, it's been a while since we've had Tekken Seven, and you know we, we normally see a new numbered entry with a new console generation, and that's where we're at now. So it makes you wonder whether. I mean, it obviously is coming soon, but when will it be? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. Uh, that wasn't the only thing they had to announce. Uh, they did announce that Dragon Ball Fighters is coming mm-hmm. to the new consoles. Yeah. Uh, PS5 and Xbox Series X and S, getting upgrades for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if they mentioned if it's free or not. Uh, they're playing some sort of upgrade path for existing game owners. Maybe those mm. new gen versions will have all the DLC in it, so they'll make you pay for it if you don't already have that stuff. Uh, maybe not, I don't know, but they're also going to be adding rollback netcode to the game. Mm. Uh, probably for all the uh, the PS4 and Xbox versions and PC. Uh, Switch is probably not going to, because I, I guess it's going to be more of a, a harder thing to do, because a lot of people are just playing on Wi-Fi. And mm-hmm. that's not really conducive to great netcode. You can just look at how mm-hmm. Smash does uh, with that stuff. Uh, we get a lot of people playing on shitty connections because that's all they got. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, cool to see that these will getting will be getting upgraded versions for the new consoles. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep the the Dragon Ball fun going. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean. Evo was uh, 2019, and that was, I think, Dragon Balls is the first um, Evo there. And yeah, it was really, really enjoyable, and it's good to see that they're finally getting that rollback netcode, because it actually makes it a more serious option. And normally this this means, well, actually, they already announced that they are feature complete. So, you know, it's, it's a done game, and whatever meta people want to find with the characters now, they can go ahead and do it. But I wonder if this also means we're going to see a sequel somewhere down the line, because we all know that would do pretty well as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll probably happen. Uh, but let's see. Yeah, Guilty Gear Strive announced mm-hmm. uh, a new character, Bridget, a fan favorite. Yeah, fan favorite. The internet went absolutely ballistic when she showed up. And yes, I you did hear me right. I said she because the game and its original Japanese version confirmed in her ending that yes, she does. Now she does identify as a trans woman. So, yeah, that was one of those characters that originally was like kind of a, a trap character of sorts, where it's like, oh, she's cute. And then people are like, oh, it's a boy, you're gay. Uh. 
It's like, and then a lot of other, and then everybody responded. Well, I mean, what's the meme? Everybody's gay for Bridget, right? But they actually did something kind of smart this time around because the thing about Bridget was, in some ways, she, she was supposed to be sort of like a cute joke character, kind of like May was, um, with that whole sort of like uh, she was a boy that was raised to be a girl, and now she can't really decide which one she is. And isn't it funny? But Ishiwatari and the gang actually decided like actually did this weird thing where they actually went back and it's like, you know, considering, you know, and keep in mind, Bridget has not been in Guilty Gear for a while now. Um, in fact, I think Bridget all, all but disappeared once the game uh, went over into the, started using 3D assets um, with, uh, but then they, decided to bring her back and they was like you know considering the whole thing she's had to deal with it's not really a joke it's actually kind of affected her pretty strongly and she's not really sure you know how she's supposed to deal with it and that's kind of like how her whole story arc in the game is is her trying to come to terms with the fact that you know maybe she does identify more as a girl than as her biological sex was. And, um, yeah, uh, we got a new trans icon, everybody. Also, it just says to help out that Bridget has always been a really fun character to play because her whole, like, yo-yo uh, combat is just a lot of fun. So, yeah. Also, her character music slaps. Yeah, and they've changed her look a little bit because they've gotten rid of like the the nun look to be more of just a a hoodie, a stylized hoodie. Yeah, I mean it's it's still like you still look at it, it's like yeah, that's Bridget. It's just they decided to take the nun part and kind of make it look well, yeah, like make it look more like a hoodie, basically. Yeah. Um, and uh, also they changed the uh, little symbol that's up there from like the the. Uh, the Mars symbol to like something closer to like a combination of both the Mars and Venus symbol, you know, kind of symbolizing her, you know, her deal with her gender identity and everything. So yeah. 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 So. Also fuck the haters. Just, just going to put that out there. Yeah. There's nothing better than fighting. Yeah. I, I gotta be honest. Strive has actually been kind of knocking shit out of the park with stuff like this. Cause they brought back tech. Testament and Testament was always meant to be like a very androgynous, non-binary character that, for whatever reason, they kind of bulked up as the games went on. But now Testament looks the way that you know they were originally supposed to, and uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Also announced, SNK revealed that they're working on the first Fatal Fury game that they have. Mm-hmm. Announced in over 20 years. Yep. Uh, no real details other than just a mentioning a Fatal Fury or Garo game. Probably mm-hmm. some mixture of the two sort of crowds you would expect in that kind of game. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that is uh, neat to see, though. It's still SNK, which is now uh, vastly uh, in the majority owned by a Saudi company. Related to uh, MBS. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there you go for that. Yeah. 
Uh, let's see. Also announced uh, Street Fighter Six announced two more characters for the roster. Yes, uh, they did. Jerry is returning from Street Fighter Four. Yeah, as well as a new character, Kimberly. Well, I mean, was she was. A, well, I mean, Jerry was in Street Fighter Five as well. So, yeah, she started in Four. Yeah, as DLC, but she'll be uh, here on the main roster. And Kimberly yep. Yep. is a ninja. Uh, mm-hmm. Obsessed with '80s culture, I guess, and is a yeah. student of Guy. Mm-hmm. Kind of uh, influenced by the uh, the two kids from Street Fighter Third Strike. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget what their names are. God, I think it was like Yun and Yang or something. Yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, but uh, so Kimberly looks like a fun character. Um, she, she's you know very much a. Uh, like, yeah, she's a student of Guy, and her moveset is very reminiscent of Guy's. Uh, she also uses, like, a spray paint a lot, too. Um, and, and everything from, like, her special moves to her super move to her wind poses and everything. And Jerry Han, well, the game made pretty clear what her appeal is. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm still really uh, excited to play Street Fighter. Six. It's definitely looking good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they seem to really have their shit together on this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, versus five, where they were very much focused on uh, the esports stuff. With that, that yeah. was not appealing to the general Street Fighter audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just kind of a, a big fumble on their part. Luckily, they managed to. Uh, working into a, a solid place by the mm-hmm. end, but they definitely seem to be on a much better uh, foundation here with six. So that's mm. good to see for them. Uh, but yeah, that's it for Evo news. Uh, mm-hmm. The last bit of news here are the several delays that were announced this week of games that were hoping to be out this year, but decided to push it for their own sake. Uh, so we'll run through that stuff. There's Arc Raiders, uh, which was at, mm-hmm. I think, one of the... It was either the Game Awards last year or one of their other events, the Keeley events. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is a uh, a game from former DICE employees at Embark Studios. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was supposed to be out this year, but now we'll launch next year. Uh, the mm-hmm. Patrick Soderlund, uh, former EA uh, head is heading up the studio explain they have a bunch of stuff to work on. And this one has, uh, still needs a bunch more work. They have another game also in the works called project discovery. Mm-hmm. It seems to be progressing more quickly, uh, to the point of taking up about the same amount of attention from them as arc Raiders. So they are, uh, potentially going to ship those around the same time. So they're trying to, give themselves enough time not to overload themselves and not uh, let them sort of put one game at the the expense of the other kind of thing. So mm-hmm. uh, it seems like a smart move to make. Uh, that'll be out sometime next year. No even time frame for when it might hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's on the new consoles and PC. Mm-hmm. Uh, they say they're going to talk about more about the game at some point here in the near future. Uh, so there you go. That might be a Gamescom kind of uh, 
thing because I think Keeley still has that opening night thing to do mm-hmm. for that game. Uh, so yeah, there's that. Uh, another game that got delayed, Hogwarts Legacy, uh, February 10th, 2023 now. Mm-hmm. Uh, for PS5, PS4, Xbox, all the Xboxes, and PC. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll still hit Switch, but they have no news on a date for that version. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll say they'll announce a date when it's going to be ready. So seems like there's a game that's very much uh, hampered on the Switch a bit. Mm-hmm. And that's less of a priority for them. Yeah. Uh, for the launch, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's a bit surprising. Um, you would think they'd want to have a Hogwarts game come out right during the holidays. It would have been perfect. But, um, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, you know, the politics surrounding, you know, the, the IP aside, this is definitely a game that I've been looking forward to. And moving it to February, I don't know. Um, I I know that a lot of games were delayed to 2023 but i know that a good portion of them were that at the first part so it just makes you wonder where you know i have to actually have a 2023 list in front of me to see where they are but i just wonder like i don't know 2023 looks like a really really thick year for games so here's another one to put there yeah uh people are looking forward to that have to wait a little longer Mm -hmm. uh but yeah let's see what's next here marvel's midnight suns gets delayed once more Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was supposed to be out in February of this year. They got delayed to, I think, October. Mm-hmm. Uh, then as they were bearing down on that, they decided to delay it again uh, to mm-hmm. the end of the fiscal year, which is by the end of March. Uh, so you got uh, a few more months to wait on that. Mm-hmm. Um curious to see like what the issues is with this if it's like the game's just not coming together if it's just trying to fine-tune everything uh at the end it's just taking more time or whatever because it's it's a weird game where it's a a turn-based tactical game but the the actions you have are determined by your uh card pulls instead Mm. of just stay having a list of options that are available to you uh, which would be dictated by like ammo resources and cooldowns and such. Uh, so it's a bit of a different style of of a way to do things. Uh, but yeah, like the this game's one I'm interested in. I don't know if I am bought into it in any way. Uh, I'm just curious to see like what it's, what it is and how it plays and how it turns out. So. Yeah, this one's kind of one of those games just keeps getting delayed. I don't know if that's going to result in a great game or not. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll have to see. You know, I think Firaxis is a great studio. Mm -hmm. This might be just a property that just doesn't fit their sensibilities too well. Yeah, probably. Uh, So yeah, there's that delay. Uh, Next one here, Metal Slug Tactics, delayed to 2023. Mm -hmm. Uh, .mu posted a tweet saying Marco, Ari, Fio, and uh, Tarma are tinkering away to make Metal Slug Tactics as explosive as possible on mm-hmm. release. The squad needs more, a bit more time in the shop to prepare for the battles ahead. See you in 2023. Mm. Um, yeah, as far as we know right now, it's only coming to Switch and PC. Yep. Uh, that's kind of a, 
an isometric tactical kind of uh, Metal Slug game. Not like your typical uh, kind of game. So I'm definitely uh, interested in seeing how this turns out. Mm-hmm. And want them to take uh, all the time they needed for that. Uh, but yeah, there, uh, there you go. And uh, last one here, Nightingale uh, was announced at one of the Keeleys of the, the Game Awards last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, first person sort of survival action game. Uh, supposed to be hitting early access here by the end of this year. And mm-hmm. unfortunately have pushed it to the first half of 2023. Uh, trying to make sure they get a a, a good uh First step into early access, they mentioned that they're making the move on two considerations. Uh, first is they're upgrading from Unreal Engine 4 to Unreal Engine 5. Mm-hmm. And after reviewing the potential of Unreal Engine 5 has to offer, we decided on upgrading now rather than waiting until after release. Mm. And yeah, secondly, Inflection Games committed to delivering the best possible experience and fulfilling the promise of what Nightingale's universe of realms has to offer players to achieve that mm. the additional time will allow the team to make key improvements, bolster content, and polish gameplay. So yeah, that's if you're gonna change engines, you can't just do it like it's just a, a Windows update. Mm-hmm. You have to treat it like you're upgrading to Windows eleven and Hope nothing gets messed up too much, but yeah. we still have to do a lot of work to figure out what the fuck uh, mm. has changed. And hope that nothing's been destroyed. That's important. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Definitely a smart move to do the change now before people are paying for it and potentially pissing them off if it changes things they liked. Mm-hmm. Now they can't complain because they didn't play before the change. Mm. Uh, so, and yeah, always good to start off your early access launches in as good of a place as possible. There's plenty of games that launch very rough and maybe eventually make it into a good experience, but it's always good to start off in a great place and keep making it better. So, mm. so curious to see what that game is all about, but mm. Yeah, there's your delays of the week. Mm. And despite that, there's still a lot of good stuff coming out this year. Uh, always a chance for stuff to get delayed, but I think at this point, if you're uh, still hitting this year, you better have a date and you better, you know, be locking things down by now. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, there's a lot of good stuff coming out, especially towards the holidays. You know, you got your God of Wars, you have your Pokemans. A lot of cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Even right now, as we already mentioned, like we got a bunch of indies coming out this week. Can't count, can't, uh, count those out either. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that'll do it for the show this week. Uh, a little light, but not for interesting things to talk about. So mm-hmm. thank you, everybody, for uh, tuning in and listening. I uh, mm-hmm. hope you enjoy the show, and if you do, feel free to let uh, friends and family know that they should check the, the podcast out. I uh, mm-hmm. help them get subscribed to it, yep. and uh, even if they don't like you, they may enjoy us and hopefully don't uh, make threats against you. <laughs> uh, there's way too many of that going on now, these days. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, don't let them dox you or anything, so... Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, thank you to Brandon and Dan Rip for joining this week. Always. Uh, we'll be back next week with a new slate of news. And, yeah, we'll see you all next time. Hope you have a good week ahead, and we'll uh, have a good time.